And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. When I was little, my father was famous. He was the greatest samurai in the empire. And he was the shogun's decapitator. He cut off the heads of 131 lords for the shogun. a bad time for the empire. The shogun just stayed inside his castle and he never came out. People said his brain was infected by devils and that he was rotting with evil. The shogun said the people were not loyal. a lot of enemies, but he killed more people than that. It was a bad time. Zero Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. Episode 187. Man, dude. This is... <laughs> Every week it just gets a little higher and you're like, God damn. And then you look at Rogan, he's doing a thousand something. <laughs> Crazy. Um, well, this is kind of a show that we are... hit. It's called Hitting the Ground Running. We had a guest cancel like about a hot second ago. So we're... We're because, but because we're such professionals, we are prepared. We're like Boy Scouts in that way. <laughs> Actually, we've been wanting to talk about this movie for a long time. We have, and and I don't know why we haven't. I don't either. <laughs> uh, what we want to talk about is the uh, pro- American production of Shogun Assassin. Uh, Nine- ba- Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say 1980. Yeah. Um, it, but it's made out of movies that were made in the 60s. Yep. The original series title, Kozuro Okami, a.k.a. Wolf Taking His Child Along. <laughs> um, this film is comp- uh, Shogun Assassin, compiled mainly from the second film of the sixth film series. It was called Lone Wolf and Cub, Baby Cart at the River Sticks, a.k.a. Wolf with Child in Tow, Baby Cart. Uh, baby cart at the river of Sanzu, <laughs> and they added eleven to twelve minutes of footage from the first film. Wait, what was the what was the first film called? Was it just called Lone Wolf? Sword of Vengeance. Sword of Vengeance. AKA Wolf with Child in Tow. Child and Expertise for Rent. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah, released in November of uh, 1980. It was directed. The original was directed by Kenji Misumi, and this Americanized version was directed by a guy named Robert Houston. Um, in an effort, I think, to take the samurai film and sort of make it, rework it so that it becomes more palatable to a Western audience. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's weird, um, because this movie did 
really well. Um, Especially in the 42nd Street and the Midnight movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, it wasn't like they had to, you know, all they, the only money they had to spend, really, was securing the rights, mm-hmm. which probably wasn't that much at that time. There's a lot of parallels between this, in a weird way, and What's Up, Tiger Lily. Yes. The yeah. Woody Allen movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I would say, and Woody Allen's probably the first guy to do this. Like, he did it to comedic effect. Mm-hmm. Some other people have done the similar thing after him, um, where you took a a foreign movie and then you redubbed it, mm-hmm. and, and in his case, made it ridiculous. Um, this movie, uh, which, as you say, is made out of two movies, mostly mostly one, but it's mm-hmm. got the, the 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 origin right part is you know from the first movie. Um, is it's not ridiculous at all other than the inherent ridiculousness that comes with these ultra-violent yeah. samurai movies that were being made in the and, 60s. And air hoses full of blood. It's yeah. No one bleeds like these movies. No. Uh, all the ninjas and the bad samurai, that all the people he's killing in this movie have the world's highest blood pressure. <laughs> they, they, you <laughs> nick them, and there's like... We're not talking spurts of... Now, occasionally, there are these very realistic shots where we have, you know, arterial... spurting arterial spray, but mostly, it's literally hoses. Yeah, running up their clothes. There's a moment in one scene where he hits a guy with the sword, the guy stumbles into the wall, holds himself up for the wall for at least 30, 40 seconds, and then you hear... Yeah. Blood going. <laughs> but it's awesome. It's amazing. There, uh, there's a couple of uh, uh, this happens in in two different ways in these films, and that is uh, uh, juxtap- uh, juxtaposition, and, and where um, the original director made these beautiful, beautiful shots where everything is slow, everything is slow and mm-hmm. passive. And beautiful, the the you know the, the the cherry blossoms are beautiful. Everything is is just gorgeous. And then immediately, like, butts that up against this just horrific violence. Yeah. And 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 when the Americans did their version, the, the uh, Shogun Assassin, they did the same thing with sound. Because mm-hmm. they um, there are scenes in this movie where. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the music because the music's amazing. Yeah, but we're there, get there, to that. But there are scenes where all the sound drops away, all the music, everything mm-hmm. drops away, and and it's a fight scene, and all you hear is like breathing and grunts yeah. and the fluttering of clothes. Yes, yeah, that's and, a big one, and it makes yeah, it makes such an impact. So. I here, here uh, let, let, I'm going to read a minute for uh, the project was directed by Robert Houston and his partner David Weissman, a protege of Andy Warhol, yeah. and the director of Chow Manhattan. Uh, he was a fan of the Kozuro Okami movies. He obtained the rights for 50000 from the American office of Toho. The film was distributed by Roger Corman's New World Pictures to a grindhouse movie circuit and then later on MCA Home Video. And at Home Video is where this thing fucking Took exploded. Off. Yeah. Um, in 83, it was listed on the video Nasties for the violence, and Vipco played that for publicity later when they released it on 2000. It said, across the front of it, it said, banned since 1983. <laughs> um, stars 
Japanese royalty, Thomas Sabora Wakayama, yeah. he being the, the brother, brother, brother of, of Shintaru Katsu, who played Zadoichi. Uh, Zadoichi. And, and, and actually, they're very, you, you know, when you learn that, it's pretty obvious. It's yeah. Like, these guys kind of look like each other. They're well, they always, like, Thomas Sabora Wakayama was always the gruff one, mm-hmm. and Shintaru Katsu was always the, the well, life of the party, yes. fun-loving. Yes. You know, but even in other films... But they're both they're both kind of big fire plug guys. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of round guys. And Thomas Sabora Wakayama, legit in the sword department. Oh, dude. There's some great stuff in there. Yeah. You know? Man... <laughs> This when this movie came out, it came out at a perfect time for me because it was it was 1980. I what however old I was in 1980, what I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I had I had I had firmly I, I had I had, I had finally threw my arms open and firmly embraced martial arts in general, mm-hmm. and I was still figuring out what I was. Where where that was going to take me, you know, mm-hmm. limited by what's available to you in your town. Right. But I was all of it, you know. I was reading about samurai. I was reading about ninjas. I was reading about kung fu from China. I was reading about everything. Mm-hmm. I was trying to absorb it all. And so and this was so really. This was probably the first Chambara movie I ever saw. Wow. Um, because Seven Samurai and all that stuff, I didn't see until afterwards when I kind of became a, a film guy, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, prior to that, I, everything I had seen was Chinese. Mm-hmm. You know, this was kind of the first, my first exposure to Japanese. And I, w- I had been, from a very, very, very young age, a huge fan of spaghetti westerns. Mm-hmm. Like some of my earliest memories are, are of spaghetti westerns. And this movie felt like a spaghetti western. It looked like a spaghetti western. It smelled like a spaghetti western. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it, more importantly, like, I'm, I have a similar story in that, other than that, I had seen the Kurosawa stuff first. Because if this was released, I was 20. Mm-hmm. I had already been through my first round with Kendo. Mm-hmm. And I had already started to fall in love with Japan. Right. So this was and all on your radar. All this was on my radar. However, this had kind of this very appealing sleaze factor mm. to it that mm-hmm. made me go, oh, it's not all highbrow. You can be kind of... You can have fun, too. Hopey <laughs> and still have fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, the original book was written by Kojeki and Kojima, Koeki and Kojima. If you can get them, they're fucking amazing. There's yeah, a, you're talking about the manga. The, the manga, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's a shitload of them. There's a shitload. Yeah. There, right there is. I have forty or forty-five of them, and I know there's more than that. Yeah. Um, but it was just uh, again, it was like one. It, this film struck me much in the same way, and for a lot of the same reasons that like Five Deadly Venoms did when I first saw it, sure. or like Fist of Fury or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was like holy mackerel. Um, we we talked about the music. Uh, didn't know that one of the musicians on this that did the score for this film, Mark Lindsay, from he was the lead singer for Paul Revere and the Raiders, Raiders, which is weird. He did a thing called they did a, had a hit called Indian Reservation. There was a big thing in pop culture for a while because he had this little tiny ponytail. Yeah. That when they cut it off, it was like a big deal. Right. But he yeah. went along and did the music for this. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. The music for this is. Um, it's it's 
electronic. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it every now and then. Some of the some of the um, some of the cues have a have an Asian feel to them. Mm-hmm. You'll hear like a little you know ding 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 yeah, Kyoto ding, 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 or yeah. whatever. Yeah, but mostly it's this cool electronic. I, I, I you know it's not it's not really techno. It's not dance. It's not dance music. But yeah, no, I was shocked that this that it wasn't Tangerine Dream. Because it feels like it a feels tangerine like Tangerine Dream, yeah. Score, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. But there, I mean, there, all the musical cues in this movie um, just bring up like waves of nostalgia and good feelings for me. Like as soon as I hear, you know, the 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 musical cue when um, Daigoro is uh, uh, so. Okay. We're going to get the plot. Okay, now. okay. Yeah, so we, I got it all yeah. laid out. Thagoro is, is trying to save his dad. Yeah. And he's like going down to the river. And he's oh, that's to, a great it's a music cue. And yeah. that music cue is like, it's, it's so, yeah, 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 it's yeah. so good. It's it says here that the performing credit is listed as the Wonderland Philharmonic. Wonderland refers to the house that Lindsay lived in at the time. However, there are some cues from the original films. Used. Oh, Really? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize that. A couple of That's things cool. you may have noticed. I'm going to get these out of the way. Many of the lines of the film were sampled by um, uh, the Jizza, the genius, on um, his yes. album Liquid Swords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That whole the whole uh, end sequence. I've long maintained that that is one of my favorite soliloquies of all time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. At yeah, the yeah. end of the movie. Um, and that's on that that's on that album. And um, it also is maybe familiar if you saw Kill Bill because it's on at the end of the movie. It's on TV. Yes. When they're watching it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so many there are so many um, lines from the American du- uh, the English dubbing yeah. for this movie um, that yeah. have become part of my. <laughs> I know. And it's like every time somebody pisses me off, they will pay with rivers of blood. <laughs> rivers of blood. <laughs> yeah, I can't even tell you how many times I've said to my kids, "You can join your mother. You can join me on the road to hell." <laughs> uh, here's I've, I've talked about Trump before and say, "They said his brain is infected <laughs> with devils." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that the, this dialogue was written like fast and on the fly. Yeah. But it's so great. There's it's, so well, many great moments. It it doesn't it, the dialogue never feels so a lot of times you watch um Asian movies that have been dubbed, especially the ones from that time period, seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just awful, right? It's just horrible. The the voices are goofy and just this the, I, I love the dialogue in this and I love that they paid attention to they they really tried to match what was going. It, it, yeah. If you didn't know any better, you wouldn't think this is dubbed. Right. Right. And it's it, not like say the Shaw Brothers stuff where right. there's all sorts of lip movement yeah, that's yeah, yeah. happening. So uh, let's break this down. Essentially, we begin with Ido Ogami, the Shogun's executioner. Right. Who is popular? He's good at his job yep. and the shogun fears is gaining too much popularity exactly he has he has cut off the heads of 131 lords for the shogun the shogun in this particular one and i don't know if this was supposed to be a a real life shogun yeah i think it's based on yagyu munenori okay so I, a real I, shogun right so it takes place in in the edo period mm-hmm. obviously yeah. um and exactly that edo agami is 
getting too much, getting too popular. Too big for his britches. The Shogun already is paranoid, which is why he's had all these people killed anyways, yeah. and he's kind of indiscriminately killing everybody around him. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do they? What does he do? So he sends ninjas to kill Itogami. They Itogami has gone home, and his wife is in one room, he goes to a temple to pray for the souls of the people he's killed. Right, he has his baby son. And he has the baby, Daigoro. And the ninjas kill the wife. Right. And that pisses Ito Ogami off. Yes. In a big bad way. Yes. At that point, um, uh, and I'm taking this apart because there's a lot of, this is told in a lot of flashbacks. At that point, he gives his son a choice to either choose the sword and join him on the road to hell, or choose the ball and join his mother, which means he's going to kill he's the son. He's going to kill the son. Yeah. Son chooses the sword, and from then on, the son, by the way, is it, it, not even walking yet. This is a crawling baby. Yeah, maybe yeah. a year and a half. Oh, I wouldn't even say. I'm, I'm not talking about when he's. Going, oh, right, you're right. So he's, it's he's, less than a year. Yeah. Um. From then on, Ito Ogami walks the road to hell, pushing a wooden baby cart right. with his child inside, and he's killing motherfuckers. All around, like this child is so, such a friend of death, yeah. That it's like a daily occurrence. I'm going to guess that that Daigoro is, you know, in 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 this particular movie. I'm going to guess he's supposed to be like three. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's he's not much more than a toddler, but he's not a, he, he's, a kid. He, yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's he's a little guy, and he's been raised on this in this manner that you know, like they don't talk around the fire, they don't make a lot of noise, they no. don't trust people, they go from one job to another. And, and what he's doing to make a living is he's he's become, he's uh, he's masterless samurai, he's assassin. Mm-hmm. Um, people hire him. Assassin with, with son? son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so... Like there are a whole there there's but one sidebar before before this he goes to the shogun to be judged and the ju- the shogun basically says you can express your fealty to me or you can commit suicide and right. he laughs and says I have a third choice picks up the baby draws his sword and slaughters everyone in the room yeah and I love dude he's he slices the shogun's mandate you know, yeah they hold it up you know he's like. Holds it up, and he's like, and it just falls apart. In pieces, yeah, 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 yeah. And this is where we get our first real inkling, like, holy shit, this yeah. guy's a, a blender, for fuck's sake. Well, remember, the, the the opening scene, we don't even know exactly, I mean, we do get the whole, we, we get the, the uh, Daigoro, the little kid, is narrating the story for yeah. us. So he's the one who tells us, my father was... Uh, uh, when I was little, when I was young, my father was famous. He was the executioner for the. He he lays all that stuff out, and then we're just like we're on this like country road. It's like twilight. The yeah. sun is just going down, and there are these two ninjas coming at at them, and that's when he's talking about all I remember is the blood and the bodies, and and so. One guy, it's like coming at him, and he he's wearing a big straw hat, and Hidogami buries his sword in the guy's head. Yeah. So it's like sticking out from between his eyes and out the top of his head, and the guy's like holding it, and he's blood's running down his face. The other ninja jumps off that guy's shoulders and is coming through the air, 
and he takes this. Um, well, first of all, the the baby cart the baby cart comes apart into thousands of pieces, and all of them have weapons on. It's them. like a James Bond. It's yeah. like a bamboo James Bond vehicle. Yeah. Well, then the in later on in the series, in Lightning Swords of Death, there's a scene on a beach with Ogami versus hundreds of samurai, and um, out of the front of the baby cart, the front panels fall down, and there are two Gatling guns. <laughs> And he's just moving it back and forth. Ba 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 and bodies are flying everywhere. And and Daigoro, the little kid is complicit in, in these killings because He outright murders people. Yeah, because <laughs> there's the like the one lady's coming up and they're fighting and, and he, he hits the button and yeah. the sword comes out the front of the thing and stabs her and Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a great speech in there where he talks about like keeping track of all the people his father's killed. He goes, "My father says I shouldn't do that, but how else should I?" He's yeah. He's like, "How um, do I know how to keep track of them?" He's like, "You shouldn't keep track of how many people we've killed. Just pray for their souls." He's like, "But if I don't keep track of them, yeah. how do I know how many souls to pray for?" Yeah. And it's what's funny is he's like. So far, we my father's killed three hundred and forty. I don't remember. Forty-three. Yeah. They're attacked. He slaughters three guys, and he goes, "439." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's good stuff. And there's also, uh, well, let me go. Let me go back to this. So then it, we have the meeting by a fire. There's more flashbacks. We learn about the shogun being so incensed that he sent sent his son um, Kurando against Ogami. Yeah, he's like basically saying. Um, Look, okay, so you you fought. Oh wait, is Karando the first son? Yeah, the one. Yeah, uh, in the water. No, no, the one before that. Hold on, keep talking. So, okay, so when he originally goes in front of the shogun, and the shogun says, "Hey, meet with my son in in mortal combat, and if you win, you win your freedom, right?" Right. And uh, Ogami accepts and eventually cuts off Karando's head. Yeah, he does. Thanks. And that is a beautiful shot. Yeah. Again, twilight, the sun is just going down, the, the reeds are waving back and forth in slow motion, Ito is there holding his son, and there's this headless body standing there kind of staggering around yeah. in slow motion with these... This this was realistic, these spurts of blood that coming like out of the neck. coming out of the neck. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is yeah, yeah. So it's so awesome. But then, yeah, then he kills another son. Another son who is sent to him, and the I, what's great is th in this is that the the shogun's son decides that he's going to come at him with his the son to his back, so that Ogami has to look into the sun. And as they run towards each other to kill one another, just at the last moment, Ogami dips his head. His son is on his the baby is on his back with a metal thing on his forehead that reflects the sunlight back into the guy's eyes yeah. and then Ogami kills him and yeah, it's yeah. so badass yeah, it's so good it's so badass um when uh when the when the other son comes and the idea is like okay you so you you killed my first son you won your freedom but not your son your we're, we're coming yeah. to take your your baby yeah and he's like fuck you and he right. like, slaughters all these all these people yeah it's great it's so good, man. Um, and then we're introduced to the supreme ninja, this yes. girl, who uh, uses Oliver Wiles to... And there's a great moment where there's a ninja <laughs> in a room with these women, and they just go... She just looks at him, and she goes, find an exit from the room. And the guy's like, 
<laughs> and he does, and they cut him to bits. Yeah, it's the whole idea. <laughs> well, there's like two two groups of ninjas that are working for the shogun. One is all these dudes, and the other is this all these girls. The the uh, the dude has come there with his ninjas, and he's like, you know, look, you know, the shogun wants us to kill this lone wolf guy. Yeah. He's killed two of his boys. And you know, and, and you know, she, and a shitload of us. Yeah, and and <laughs> she's you know she's incensed because their shogun is like you know traitor, and he, the guy is kind of like, well, you're a chick. Yeah, like you know, the, the lone wolf might just toy with you. And she's like, would you like to see? <laughs> and she's like, choose your strongest guy. Yeah, and this poor sap Junai. Yeah, <laughs> Junai escaped from the room. Yeah, Japanese for. I- imbecile or yeah, something. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And they 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 essentially turn him into a torso. Cut his arms off, cut his legs off, cut his nose, nose off, off. <laughs> and leave him just rolling on the ground. And it's... Oh. And then she has this maniacal laugh for yeah. like way a too second. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and there's that great shot of him kind of looking around like, holy shit, she's out of her fucking mind. She's out of her mind. <laughs> and she does that sort of ha 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, and it and just stops. <laughs> Um, sidebar, you know, who's the, you know who does one of the voices in this movie? I do, and it's, it's amazing. Sandra Bernhardt. Sandra, yeah. <laughs> the comedian Sandra Bernhardt. She must have just been doing a day raid or I, something. I, I, and so I've been going crazy trying to figure out who whose she voice she is. Yeah, because they don't say oh, it. I'd just, love to. I bet you that'd be a cool that'd, that'd be a great Twitter question or yeah, something. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to sit through a whole interview with Sandra Bernhardt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. So, um, at this point, uh, hold on, I'm, I'm losing my place. Um, so then we have the ninjas coming to, uh, they find Ogami and capture, later, let me see, later that night, Daigoro was lured outside the hunt by the sound of a woman singing. Waking up and finding Daigoro gone, Ogami searches for his son. He finds the that the son is a prisoner of Lord Kuragawa and the Supreme Ninja. He's by the way. Yeah. We're gonna back up to a second for that song that the that the girl's singing. Yeah. So we're introduced to it way early in the movie. The, it's the mom's lullaby. Mm, oh right. And um, oh, I didn't get that it yeah. was the mom's lullaby. Yeah. All right. So, so of course he went. So of course he goes out there. But the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, this is the creepiest fucking song ever. <laughs> like, why would anybody... Like, first of all, why would you sing this to your kid? And second of all, I'd be, like, hiding under a fucking rock. Because it's like... Ooh, it's like, whoa. And, yeah, so they have they have Diagono, and they've got him tied up over a well. Over a well. And the idea is that they're, they're saying, like, come with us, or we're going to kill your son. Yeah. At which point, Ogami turns to the son and just really matter-of-factly goes, you're going to go to your mom now. Like, you're going to die right now. Yeah. And um, in one of the one of the greatest moments ever, the son kicks the sand, his one of his sandals off. Yes. And you hear it fall, and then it hits the water. Right. Giving his dad inc- an inkling of how much time he has right. to save his ass before he hits the water. What I love about this is they don't... There's no exposition. This is not explained to you. Yeah, no. So if you're not... If you're not paying attention and thinking, you might be going, well, what was the significance of him kicking off his shoe? Like, that's just right. more weird Japanese long shot stuff. No, he's counting the seconds because he knows how long it takes for 
that to go down because he kicked off his shoe. Exactly. And so the dad knows I have this... Ma- it's like the equalizer. 19 seconds on yes, his watch. Yes, exactly. Um, what happens next is a flurry of activity in the midst of which Ogami steps on the rope and just, stops the just descent of his son. plunk in the water. Yeah. Yeah. And then so he gets everyone, kills everyone except for the Supreme Ninja and then slowly brings his son up. Yeah. And when the sun comes into view, <laughs> the bottoms of his pants are wet. Yeah. And the sun gives him a look like it's such great acting. And you know it was an accident because <laughs> right, he was right. a kid. But he looks at him like, that was close, motherfucker. Oh, God damn it, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's I, great. The whole time that he's pulling the kid up, he's not taking his eyes off of her. He's just looking at her yeah. like... I, I, it, it's, so, oh, it's so visceral. It's like, you know, you better hope that my boy's alive because I will fucking send you to hell. Uh... Yeah, it's one of my favorite moments in the, in the moment. And, and, and it's scene. been copied since. Um, yeah. uh, I, I can't remember specifically now, but it, and, but it, was, it was copied um, clumsily, as, as Americans tend to do. Sure. You know, they, I, I wish I could remember the movie where I saw almost this exact same scenario. Mm. And I bet it was a Western. And somebody says something along the lines of, uh, uh, you can hear the filmmakers going, well, they're going to be too dumb to figure out that that's why he did that. Oh. And so they explain it. Ah. And it's just like, no. But so much of this in a lot of Japanese cinema, all of those shots you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of that is done to show, like, passage of time. Right. And, and it gives it almost acts as a sorbet to sort of cleanse your palate for right. the next scene. It's that, whole, it's that whole juxtaposition thing I was talking about earlier where it's like, so, and not only that, you know what else it does? It makes the action more frenetic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, who? Gosh dang it! Director of uh, Another Dragon, Weintraub. Uh, Weintraub. Uh, no, Robert Klaus. Klaus, yeah, Robert Klaus, right? Yeah. Weintraub was the producer. Yeah. Um, Robert Klaus. Kind of a hack, and I don't like a lot of his movies. But sure. in Enter the Dragon, he was smart enough to realize when he's when Bruce is getting ready to fight Ohara, uh, Bob Wall, mm-hmm. he's like, that stuff is so fast, but we're going to make it seem even faster. How? Not by speeding up the camera, but by filming the adjoining scenes where nothing is happening in slow motion. Right, because it'll when, seem faster. Yeah, yeah, Bruce gets up and he walks. It's in slow motion. You see the flags, Hans' mm-hmm. flags in the background, they're in slow motion. Oh, that's very cool. And then, so then whenever you cut to, box out, boom! It's like, what the fuck? It's, yeah. You're right. It yeah. seems way faster. Yeah. 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 There's a great video on YouTube that breaks that scene down. That's it, man. And it's amazing. So let's see. Um, at this point, uh... They L- Lone Wolf gets hired by right. this group of people that he are He receives orders, uh, let's see, secretly meet with the client to discuss a business proposition. Ogami is offered the task of killing Lord Kiru, the Shogun's brother. In return, he will receive ten pieces of gold. Ogami one thousand. Ex- one thousand pieces of gold. Okay, I, okay. All right. So then, that's a running theme throughout the movie. When he goes and he pays for the room, yeah, it's one thousand pieces of gold. Okay. And then whenever he his standard rate is one thousand pieces of gold. Okay. And, and everybody's always like, ah, you know, he's like, like when he pays for the room, he's like, 
He has to put it in his safe. Yeah, he's the like, money yeah, in his yeah, safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, by the way, that scene mm-hmm. um, where they're in the bath. Yeah. So they, so him and him and Daigoro are taking a bath. There's this amazing shot where it's just this close up on on the little kid's eyes, on yeah. Daigoro's eyes, and the music starts ramping up. It's like. And something's something's gonna happen. Well, there's that weird like from the center of the tub. There's a pan shot goes that goes all, all the, the way, way around. around, and it almost implies Ogami like checking the perimeter with right. his senses. And he, he even breaks the seal on yeah. his sword. He's like, he's like, and then it comes back, and nope, false alarm. Yep, and like, it was so good. So it's such good. a good shot. Yeah, but it says here that uh, Lord Kiru is going to be he's being escorted. By masters of three masters of death, right? Um, One who uses these Freddy Krueger like rake claws. Yeah, they're almost like uh, imagine like Wolverine claws in yes. a weird way. Another one uses mailed fists. He's got mm-hmm. these like gauntlets that have spikes on them. Yeah, and the, the other one is a baton. It's a big uh, studded spike, like a big club. sap. Yeah, almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And. Um, they all wind up on the same boat together. The, yes. The the in the meantime now the the supreme ninja the chick is still after him. Mm-hmm. She's on the boat too. Yeah. Kind of. There's just, lots of intrigue going on yeah. on this boat. Yeah. There's uh, there's a guy on the boat who is one who, who represents the rebels mm-hmm. who are trying to kill the masters of death and the shogun's brother and all yeah. this. And there's some weaselly dude. That's that him. Yeah. 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 And and that's what it, that's another thing I like is that while the shogun and his ilk are clearly the bad guys because they're oppressing the people, the filmmakers also look at the rebels, and and they're not always heroic either. Like mm-hmm. this weaselly dude is like a just mm-hmm. a, a whiny. Yeah, he ends up setting the ship on fire at yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. gets the tip of his nose scraped off. Yeah. Yeah, because the one of the masters of death throws a dart at near Ogami, mm-hmm. and he holds up his sword and he goes, "You know, would you return my my dart?" And Ogami picks it up, and when he throws it back, it clips off the tips of his nose and hits the guy, the the masters it of goes death, into the, the right in the hole, right in the hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's so, badass. Yeah, it's so and it's so funny because the master of the death guy gets this look on his face like. Hmm. It's like, yeah. what? You get the sh- you get the frown of approval. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, let's see. So we're on the ship. They get set on fire. Blah um, uh, blah 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 blah. There's a detente that's sort of agreed to, like a truce. Like until we get off this burning boat, you can go your way, I'll go my way. But ultimately, we're gonna we're gonna you, yeah. If we, yeah. If we if we run into each other again. You will fu- you will see masters of death. Um, so the supreme ninja attacks Ogami from underwater. He overpowers her. They end up in a the three of them end up in a room in a hut, little hut, and yeah. Um, and he, he ends up stripping all of their clothes off and bundle and hugging everybody. They all hug up to try she, to keep. She going. obviously thinks he's going to try to rape her. Yeah, she's freaking out. Well, he even says he's all more. Uh, more like, are you more afraid of peace than you are? Of, you know, than um, yeah, exactly. Of, of, like the, like all you've known is war, and the thing that you fear is is not being yeah. at war. She even goes to to killing. Like yeah. she reaches down and Daigo's like playing. Daigo with flicks her nipples. His flip playing with her nipples. And yeah, then, then and it sparks something in her. Yeah. Kind of, I'm gonna 
extrapolate and say that it sparked something maternal in yeah. him. And, yeah. Well, and I think that's the whole reason he spared her anyways, is because he reminds him of his wife. And he knows, and he says so so far, that, that he sends her back knowing that she's going to have to kill herself. Yeah, she's going to have to, yeah. She, she failed. Yeah. And she that's, has to go back to the show going to kill herself. So now we cut to, we're in, uh, he, they're in the desert. Yeah. And <laughs> they're walking along um the Lords of Death and and their charge and they they the, come the Shogun's brothers being carried in this little box thing. Yeah, it's like a like not a quite a paladin thing, but like that. It's yeah. like those things that they used to carry people around in, in ancient Japan, yeah. of course. Those things. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like a there's an there's an entourage there's an armed escort mm-hmm. and then there are the three masters of death. Yeah. If you haven't seen this movie, but you have seen Big Trouble in Little China, yeah, the three storms are modeled after these guys, Masters, the three of, Masters Death. of Death. They they have the big giant straw hats, mm-hmm. and, yeah. yeah, and uh, and yeah, they're kind of like it's quiet, it's too quiet, right, right, yeah. right, and <laughs> it's then that they from the ground some of these rebels. Spring up. Yeah, they've they've hidden under mats under they the have sand. And Tommy's under over them, and there's the sand over them, and they're just there's they're coming out of the ground like moles. Yeah, and getting put right back into the ground. Yeah, the masters of death are just destroying them. Yeah, and then so they continue walking, and then at that point they see on the top of the dune Daigoro standing, and he's pointing in another direction where his dad is. That's, yep, and. uh I'm, I, the ending of this movie is so great. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, let me see if we missed anything. Um, the Masters of Death face off against Ogami. One by one, they they are spoiler or cut down and killed. Um, ends up he then kills Lord Cute. And yeah. as father and son walk away from the carnage, Daigro looks back one last time. And says by a voiceover, I guess I wish it was different, but a wish is only a wish. And we watch that hat get blown away. Yeah, down the, s- down the thing. Yeah. It's so good. I, I love when Lord Kido is like, you can't kill me. I'm the Shogun's brother. The Shogun means nothing to me. Die! Yeah. <laughs> he just like slices it. There are some wonderful deaths in this movie. Oh, awesome deaths. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a death where... We're, we got an over-the-shoulder shot behind the bad guy. So we're looking at the back of the bad guy's head. Itogami is in is in front of him facing uh-huh. us, right? Itogami has swung. And for, like, the longest time, nothing happened. Yeah. And then slowly this guy's head splits, splits and <laughs> falls to either side. And then the air hoses start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see, so... It was uh, released, like we said, in 1980, distributed by New World Pictures. It was it went to home video by uh, uh, 2006, and Amigo. And they and put Amigo. out this really nice set. This yeah. Six set. They, what, they, what they did is um, uh, they, they, they put Shogun Assassin as the first mm-hmm. in this series. When there's actually... What is it? Six movies yeah. all together, but but if you get the set, there's five. Right? Yeah, the the set. Let me grab it. The set has one, two, three, four movies: Shogun Assassin, Lightning Swords of Death, Slashing Blades of Carnage, Five Fistfuls of Gold, and Cold Road to Hell. So it doesn't have the first, the very first two. one. Yeah, the first two. Well, well, because they're right. linked in. Yeah, they're yeah. 
Um, reception. Contemporary New York Times said Shogun Assassin is a furiously mixed up What's Up Tiger Lily. And that outside, quote, the little boy's narration, the movie's not much fun once you've gotten the picture, which is that of a tubby outcast samurai wandering the length and breadth of Japan, pushing an antique baby carriage that contains his tiny, remarkably observant son. <laughs> In other words, awesome! Awesome! <laughs> uh, monthly film bulletins found that the impetus of the original director's intentions seems somehow to have been turned around by having the story related from the point of the uh, uncomprehended Daigro. Um, he compared the narration to Linda Manz's narration in Days of Heaven. Uh, the narration, okay, so the narration in this movie is some of the best narration I've ever, you know, like the worst example that I can think of of narration or voiceover is uh, the, the the voiceover version of um, Blade Runner. Yeah. Now some people, because they saw that version first, because that was what was in the theater, that's the version they prefer. Mm -hmm. um, nah. they, I, I don't. Because, director's cut. Well, it just, the, the director's cut is, so, is or clearly... Or final too, cut or whatever. The well, yeah, the, 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 the final one on that big-ass set. Right. That's the, for me, that's the best one. Um, the thing I don't like about Harrison Ford's narration is that he clearly doesn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. He's, he's not, he's oh, not even acting. It. He's just reading the words. Yeah, you can hear it. Yeah. In, the, in that whole sushi. That's what my ex-wife called me. It's like, oh, yeah. fuck off. Oh, that, and then Frank Darabont does this great rant about when when Roy dies uh -huh. and uh, he's like, it's such a beautiful moment, and then you ruin it by coming in. I don't know why he decided. It's <laughs> like, shut up. Yeah, not since John Wayne in in the greatest story ever told. <laughs> that should make no sense. So, but this, but this narration is fantastic. <clears throat> the yeah. little boy's voice is perfect. I don't know who. The, uh, the yeah, I do. Go ahead. Well, the, the, the thing that's weird is, um. When you look at the credits for this movie, because it's this mishmash of uh, uh, you know these old Japanese movies and then American talent, they don't. Uh, there's not a lot of telling you who people are. It just says with the voice talents of, and it has these people listed, but it doesn't say. So, like for example, Bernard, we don't know who she was voicing. Was she voicing the the supreme ninja? Was she voicing? Um, the lady at the inn where they, they were getting a bath. Mm -hmm. It's the only two female voices I it can think of. It says here that Digro's voice, Gibran Evans, who was the son of one of the producers. Ah. Uh, here's interesting. The symbol that appears through the credits is the family crest or mon of the powerful Tokugawa clan, which ruled Japan as shoguns from 1603 until the end of the Edo period in 1868. These symbols are familiar, are similar to functions uh, in flags. And like flags, it is considered sacrilegi sacrilegious to desecrate or destroy them. Yeah, they're kind of like a, they're almost like a coat of arms. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you ever see like Kurosawa movies, you'll see a lot of the foot soldiers running around and they've all got banners up their back on sticks. Yeah. It was kind of shirts and skins. That's yes. how you told the two, two mm -hmm. people apart. You look for the one, oh, it's a red banner. And yeah. You just kill and that guy. Kill that guy. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty clear 
we really like this movie. This movie, I, uh, it, 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 this is the very first movie I ever got on our fab with our fabulous new machine that came called a VCR. Yeah. This is the very first uh, for, videotape I ever. For had. me, this is like my, you know, my grandmother's fudge. Yeah. Like oh. I love it. I know what it's going to taste like. Every time I I I see it, I know I'm going to feel wonderful. Yeah. It, this is, you know, people talk about movies you never get sick of. This is one of those Absolutely. movies. I, and it, and they get even better. Absolutely. As you go through the series. There's a great scene where in where he in Lightning Swords of Death, he they they are looking for a girl. Um, they come to his room and she he she's hiding there. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff happens, you know, blah 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 blah. Um, but he she's stolen some money and he accepts her punishment called booty booty whipping torture, where they hang him upside down and they whip the shit out of him. Yeah. And, and this kind of a thing. Um, is 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 Lightning Swords of Death, uh, Death dubbed? My copy is. I I though I, when I watch these I usually watch the other than Shogun Assassin I I watch subtitles right. always. The the reason why I ask is because I remember seeing I have not seen all of these movies. I've seen some of or I I've, I've seen one other one probably Lightning Swords of Death. Mm-hmm. And uh I remember thinking like I love this. This is great filmmaking. But I wish these dudes would have grabbed these other movies and done the same. Like I missed the cool soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I missed the. Oh yeah, movie. there's none of that. On no, the none other of that. It's no. Yeah. They're straight up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Regular movies. Huh. Yeah, that, that would be. You know, Can time you has passed, man. That'd be a project for somebody. Like, yeah. Yeah. Even if you just dubbed it and redid the score. And I'm sure there are people that would be like, no, it's you know, purist, but it's like. Shokin Assassin is such an amazing, cool, weird thing, all of its own. Mm-hmm. Outside of the the series Lone Wolf and Cub, you know, it is yeah. such a weird animal because it is different. Yeah, and maybe you'd ruin the other movies. I don't know, but uh, um, uh, yeah. And you can see as they go along, they sort of embrace a lot of the ridiculousness of it, and then later. Uh, Wakayama's brother Shintaro Katsu, already famous for Zatoichi, um, saw the lengths of ridiculousness that they were going to for this, right? And brought out the Hanzo the Razor series, man, which are great. The Hanzo the Razor, like if you've never seen any Hanzo the Razor movies, oh, I don't know. What oh it is. my God! Yeah, yeah there's man. three of them. Hold yeah. on, keep talking. Is that, um, that's not also is that. Is that also the human tarantula? No, I think it's something That's different. That's something different. Uh, Who Got the Gold is one. There's a couple of others. Imagine James Bond <laughs> as a samurai, but really perverted. The movie opens where he he's out in a snow-filled yard, and he walks up to a log that has this trench cut in it, maybe three inches wide, maybe a foot and a half long. Right. And he pulls... From the back, you see him from the back. He pulls his dick out and lays it in this trough because right. it's big. Right. <laughs> and he grabs these two clubs and starts pounding like he's beating a drum. Yes. And then later he walks up and sticks his 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 massive dick into a bag of it's either rice or salt. Later, 
He's interrogating a woman. Yes, and she's in this net. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like this basket chair. Yes. And she is lowered. Yeah, onto his dick. Onto and he asks her a question, and she's all, you'll never get the information. And he spins, spins. the train. Awesome. It's so perverted, it's but so much fun. Oh, my God. But my point being is that he was like, you can get away with this? And yeah. boom. And he's like, yeah. boom. Yeah, do a Hansel the yeah. Razor, just to, for a chance uh, to sit down and watch yeah, those again. Yeah, I need to watch them again, because like, they're, they're nuts. Uh, I mean, yeah, I love this movie. Do you have anything else to talk about? No, no, this I, movie, it's like, I... I this movie is readily available. There's no reason for you, if you've never seen it, to not check it out because yeah. it is one of the coolest things you will ever see. Um, the blood is bright fluorescent orange. It like looks for, like tempura paint. Yeah, for people who are squeamish about that kind of stuff, it, don't it's worry. It's so ridiculous that you just you don't even get yeah, and it's squirrely. And it's, what's but what's funny is that that is ridiculous. But the rest of it isn't. Mm -hmm. It's like it's never. They're never winking at you. Like they're they're playing yeah. this for straight. There's you know? never a point where anyone looks at the camera and, and does that sort of Star Lord. Eh? Uh, uh, no. Yeah. Uh. No. 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 Yeah. All right. All right. So we're good. <laughs> so good, assassin kids. Go see it. We're Gotta gonna take a break it. and uh, we'll be back in a second. So, boy, those guys were interesting. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, yeah, I love that movie. I don't even know, like... And I know it's not... Like, I look at it compared to other samurai movies, and it's like, yeah, but it's well, awesome. It's, you know, Kurosawa's, you know... Yeah. You're, you're, that's like Kubrick, right? Mm -hmm. And this is like... It's like Roger Corman. Yeah. This is like Robert Rodriguez. Sam Fuller. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, these guys are clearly big movie fans uh, but also like to have fun. Yeah. yeah, you know, it reminds me that MTV Japan a few years ago did a thing called, a movie called Samurai Fiction, shot with a red and black and white, and it's actually really good. Uh, the guy you know the Kill Bill theme, that rock and guitar thing? Yeah, yeah. The guy that did that is in the movie. He's He plays the bad guy. Oh, wow. And it's really good. I might have it around here somewhere. Cool. Alright, moving on to second hour stuff. Let's see. Uh, people, people who, who died. died. <laughs> Nikolai Volkov, WWE uh, e wrestling heel. He being of the big Russian hat and the, um, uh, you know, what have you. Yeah. Uh, fairly old guy. So, you know, it is, I guess it was to be expected. Uh, not to be expected. Um, a guy named Rick Genest. He was a model and an actor known as Zombie Boy. Yeah. Um, this is sad. This uh, is really sad. This guy was young. 
He's in his twenties or early thirties. Yeah, he had he had turned himself into lack of a better word, a whore model. Mm -hmm. uh, had a skull tattooed on his face. Yeah, his entire his whole thing. And good looking guy. He was super good looking guy. Um and he he was in that he was in You're that Keanu Reeves. Um, yeah, forty seven Ronin. Yeah, forty seven Ronin. He was in that. Um he did this amazing PSA spot where about not judging people by right. their and, and, and basically they they had covered up all the t they he was done up in makeup to cover up all the tattoos and he's just this really good looking guy and slowly as the PSA is going along they're wiping off and you see the, what's and underneath. see what's underneath and he was in that Lady Gaga video yeah yeah um, so I I killed himself yeah killed yeah. himself well on the other on one hand I think that uh, going it, around life with a skull tattoo on your face has got to be hard. Sure. Just going to the store has got to be hard. Well, and it makes you, you know, I hate to be this guy, but it makes you wonder, you know, what spurred him to do that in the first place. I, right. You know, I, uh, I, yeah. Is uh, it, it's a chicken and the egg thing. You know, right, where, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, who, and no one will ever know. I just think it's sad that in this country we don't have a place that when we are feeling those feelings that we can't go to and, and without stigma and be able to talk to people yeah. about it. I mean, you know, I mean, it's in the public consciousness. We're all the time talking about talk to somebody, talk mm -hmm. to somebody. Um, but you, when you're in the depths of that, even just talking yeah. to somebody is, is hard. Just and talking to them on a superficial level is yeah, hard. Yeah. Going, to, like, inviting them under your hood yes. is I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. Um, Ingrid Espeled Hovig, Norwegian TV chef. chef. Uh, so, and she was fairly old too. So, not that that's anything. <laughs> but uh, Neil Argo, composer for the t Mission Impossible TV series, didn't do the Lalo Schifrin song, the, the but did all song. the other stuff. Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Brian Routh, aka Harry Kipper, one of the Kipper twins from Forbidden Zone. Oh. That. Yeah. That sort of. They had the rubber bands, their yeah. noses mm -hmm. into a pig nose. Yeah. Um, I just read about that on Richard Elton's uh, Twitter. He's, I guess, he's trying to re or get a Forbidden Zone two happening. Huh. That's kind of interesting. That's, that's kind of yeah. And then finally, this is a big one for me. Fakir Musafar. It, he, the Fakir was a guy who. He was called the father of the, the modern primitive movement. Mm -hmm. So he was he, he was the guy that was kind of um, for the layman um, a lot of a uh, lot of body modification yeah. stuff. Yeah, there there suspension. isn't body modification without the fakir. If right. you if your kid has a enlarged plug in their ear, or have a gauge. That's yeah. Fakir. Yeah. Um, uh, I saw... I, I met him several times. Um, I, I, I saw him. He had done the Indian sun ceremony where people are suspended through hooks through their pectoral muscles. Yes. And suspended in the sun for hours. Again. And guess what? They hallucinate. Yeah. <laughs> Again, for, uh, for people who aren't familiar with that, but you're familiar with movies... Um, a man called Horse. Man called Horse. You, yeah. Is going to give um, it. Years later, I, I saw the Fakir at a thing that a place in San Jose, California was. They had him, and I watched him lift a man by. So the man was bound by the ankles, 
and through a pulley, the fakir lifted him off the ground by the piercings in his pectoral muscles. Yeah. And I watched him. He slid his entire finger. It was permanent. Yeah. Right under the muscle. Yeah. Um, that same night, I watched someone. They they branded a spider on the back of their neck, mm-hmm. and not like I have a thing that looks like a spider that I'm going to heat up and I'm going to touch it to your skin. They were do- bending individual pieces of metal, heating them, and then forming the spider. So slowly. Yeah. And this guy, when he got up, man. Another planet, yeah. just on another planet. I, I can imagine. Pretty amazing. But anyway, so yeah, he was a big dude because for a while there, I, I wanted a um, apprentice under him, but mm-hmm. it was two years with no pay as a piercer because yeah, I'll do that. Sure. Um, but uh, as of late, I understand he got sick. His wife Cleo was, Dubois was saying he was elderly at this point. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he was he wasn't a young guy even no. when he was. No, no, noted no, no, no. for. Yeah. There are photos of him though that he's, of it's him in a business suit or a uh, button-up shirt holding a cigarette, and he's got a waist cincher on, and they've reduced between his rib cage and his hips to 13 inches. Wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to uh, new stuff. The cast of Guardians of the Galaxy penned a letter of support for James Gunn after him being fired off of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 for all of that stuff. I know that uh, a lot of people are lobbying for him to come back. There's petitions. Yeah, they they want him. If I'm James Gunn, I'm I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm gone. This is such... Well, let me finish. Uh, Two days later, a new new report says that Disney is going to be... It's pretty much unlikely that they'll ever rehire him for that yeah. or anything because they're dumb um, and because of the whole look of propriety. But if I'm James Gunn, being cut loose from that behemoth Guardians of the Galaxy... Dude, now you make the craziest shit. I take all the stuff I was throwing at Guardians of the Galaxy and I throw it at something else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, dude. It's such a dumb how, movie. Uh, how sweet will it be if he does something else that fucking blows yeah. Marvel and Disney Dude, out of the I water. I got That's two, so badass. three words for... Three, two to three words for you that I think would change everything. Slither Homeworld. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, right out of the box. Dude, we're good. I, amazing. Right, here we go. Amazon ordered two seasons of Them, a horror anthology from Lena Waite, who was... Uh, she did the the chai. She's a gay woman of color, mm-hmm. super super self possessed and super badass. And yeah. I love this woman. And the fact that she's doing genre now is very cool. That's cool. Uh, we need more of those. When you said them, I was really hoping for no. giant. I, I did too. When I first <laughs> read it, I thought, no, please make it. But a horror anthology on on Amazon, I'll take it. Yeah, it, you know we there's no boundaries now yeah. with all these different streaming sites and stuff. So. There's nothing holding people back at this point. That's great. Uh, Frank Zappa. Uh, Frank Zappa. Frank Miller once again owns all the rights to Sin City. Okay. And he's been so now he's been talking about TV series and a lot of other stuff. Although I know Frank's getting up there, and, and I know his health hasn't been the best. Right. So could, I wonder. About I mean, that. could be cool. I kind of think. Be. Well. You know, Frank Miller's Sin City is amazing. Yeah. And but it's also and I, th- and I think that Robert Rodriguez was the guy to do it. I don't think 
Frank being in charge of something is a good idea. As far as... Well, film. look at the spirit, how the spirit came out. Right. No, I think he needs to sell off the rights, take the money, and let someone else... Yeah. But on the other hand, Sin City was kind of... She's kind of... It's kind of like... Uh, uh, there's no. I'm thinking of an analogy, but every analogy I come up with is really offensive. Um, <laughs> the uh, the idea that uh, 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 it's a one-off. It's 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 a it's a unique thing because yes. of its visual style. Yes. Because because look at Sin City two. I mean, a day in exactly. the It didn't really work because no. the novelty had worn off. Well, and and, and that's it precisely. It, uh, it, Sin City two, I think, would have been much better had it come out right on the heels of Sin City. Agreed. You know, Six months apart. Because then we still would have been like, this is Ooh. so fucking cool. Yeah. It's kind of like The Matrix, right? It's like, The Matrix comes out, we're all blown away, mm-hmm. right? And then it's just more. It, it You know, it, it suffers from that, that thing that happens. Anytime you do something cool visually... Then everybody does it. Yeah, and you got to walk away, and you, and you and you see it in freaking commercials and yeah. e- everywhere. And then, so then you gotta, yeah, you gotta like, you gotta set it down mm-hmm. and go go find the next cool thing because right. it, it, the, the more you go back to that, it's just beaten a dead horse. Uh, it so becomes an engine of ruin, Tom. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I agree. If, if, well, at the very least, it's the, the law of diminishing returns, mm-hmm. where every time you go back to the well, it, the water tastes a little more brackish, right. and you just kind of don't care. Sabrina, uh, the Tina, Teenage Witch, will premiere on Netflix uh, in October for Halloween. Stars uh, Kiernan Shipka, who is in Black Coat's Daughter. Okay. As Sabrina the Teenage Witch, supposedly it's 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 it's, it's, it's going to be played straight. It's, it's going to be like X Files in Riverdale. Oh, uh, okay. Buffy, it sounds yeah. like we're going to get to that as well. Riverdale's weird. <laughs> Robert England suggested in an interview. Robert England, Freddy Krueger, suggested in an interview for AMC's. First of all, they're doing a series called Eli Roth's History of Horror. I know. Already. Really? Already. (laughs) So anyway, he said, he offered this idea, and I'm going to run it by you. He says that Freddy Krueger should have been cast by as different actors as Freddy, um, meaning that the killer would appear different to every person. He's your worst nightmare. He's not mine. That does make sense, but if you're trying to build an iconic... Right. um, yeah, uh, he's the Tony the Tiger. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how how interesting would that's that a idea? That, I think that that's a great idea. I think so. Let's remake it. I do don't. That. I, well, I think it's not. F- come up with a different story with that same idea. It's not Freddy Krueger. Right. It's not. Not now. You know, right. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But if they were to reboot Nightmare on Elm Street and do that, we they that would make more sense. They than may the, be able to pull that the remake that they did. Agreed. Uh, movie Pass is more or less dead, and Mamma Mia and Mission Impossible Fallout killed it. They they got hit so hard that it depleted their funds. They had to take out a five million dollar loan. Well, that is just another reservoir for more money to go through. Movie Pass was one of those deals where I thought it's too good to be true. Yeah. Um, I think the I think they would have survived had they uh, made it more expensive. Mm-hmm. 
your what was it every month? Yeah, ten bucks a month. Ten like bucks that? a month. That's not. Yeah, you could for ten bucks a month. You could be a Patreon if, on the bonus material podcast. That's Patreon right. Page. Absolutely, <laughs> that's right. You could, Tom, <laughs> and it would grip you cool shit. Um, uh, I think that um. I think if it had been like you know twenty five dollars a month, I bet they could have weathered this. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I but yeah, it's I'm st- I still haven't gotten my and it's, letter it's, about it's it. It's got to be frustrating for you because you just got movie. Passes. I was just talking about how great it was. <laughs> uh, Funko, the guy that make those pop figures. Yeah, I guess they're in the cereal business now. Really, they're, they're doing like a like horror themed cereals and toys that kind of go together like. One of them is based on Penny, Penny, what do they call them? Penny Wiseos or something like that. Or, they were like Cheerios, but the whole theme was Pennywise. And yeah, there's a bunch of them. So that's, Who knew? well, one, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, two, a uh, friend of the show, friend of our friend, uh, um, uh, Andrea, um, Lorelai's friend from, yes. from Arizona, um, has like, Nearly a thousand of these things she she collects them. The Funko things. Yeah, the Funko things. Did you know that Funko's headquarters is in? Yeah, it's just down the road. It's just down the road. It was at Oregon. Somewhere. Is it Portland or uh, somewhere down there? And I've seen. I've, I've not been, but I've seen pictures of the place. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I. It's a, it's Beanie Babies, right? It's just yeah it's, shit to spend your money on a collect. And 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 it pays homage to yeah. all your favorite pop culture icons, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, remember, I used to, I may still have somewhere around here a box of Batman cereal, the Michael Keaton Batman cereal, and it had a plastic (laughs) Batman bank sort of (laughs) shrink-wrapped on it. Cereal tasted like ass. Man, do you remember, do you remember on the backs of cereal boxes getting the, um, the, the, the little forty five. Yeah, you would cut it out of the yeah, cardboard, <laughs> ruin your record needle. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I still have somewhere, again, somewhere around here, flexi discs from yeah. inside of Guitar Player magazine. Yeah, yeah that was great. Uh, Mel Gibson, Colin Farrell are in talks to be cast in Tommy Workola's film War Pigs. Tommy Workola directed Dead Snow and Hansel and Gretel, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, or whatever the fuck that thing was called with yeah. Jeremy Renner. Um, War Pigs, a group of ex-veterans get revenge for a fallen friend. Sure. Okay. I'm in. Death Wish with veterans. Yeah, almost more like, remember Executioner and Executioner yeah. 2 with veterans. Yeah, or yeah. what was the other one? God damn it. I just read a book about this, about fallen comrade and that there's his squad gets back together in some hick town, takes on a local... Um, Boss hog, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. it's like uh, it, well, it's like first blood, but with a group of guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll find some. We'll find a hook line in there somewhere. Goddamn it! Um, they announced Suspiria runtime two hours and thirty two minutes. Wow. Wait, that's the new Suspiria. The new Suspiria. Uh, sure. Okay. Oh, all right. Sure. I don't know. I. I if. Again, I always use an example. If one of the last Transformers movies was two forty-five, all right, sure, all yeah. the bets are up. I, I don't know. I, I'm still, I don't know if I'll ever see it. I like, I, I like the first one so much. Yeah. Oh, I'll see it. I'm interested in it because it's got Tilda Swinton. Well, in it. people say it's great. Yeah. So. So hopefully it'll be. Maybe it's just a different 
a whole different thing, and man, that would be great well, too. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, is there room for improvement with the original Suspiria? Sure, with the makeup yeah. and the effects stuff. The, the interior logic, but but man, the visual, other the visual, visual stuff, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Mark Maron is in talks to be somebody in Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie. Yeah, uh, I have no idea what's going on with that because De Niro's involved now. Yeah, Scorsese's I, producing. I mean, the God, guy hope, from I The hope, Hangover is directing. I hope that De Niro isn't playing like some mob. Boss, right. He's going to play like uh, whatever that guy would be horrible. Falcone or whatever the yeah. name is. Anyway, uh, Alan Alda announced that he has Parkinson's. Oh, uh, and that's too bad. That's sad. But he has, he's in his eighties or nineties, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh, he's one of those guys, man, that like <laughs> uh, I, largely because of his role on Mash, mm-hmm. you just always just thought this is this is a good, this is a good guy. A good guy. This is a good guy. Yeah. Although. His role in The Aviator, mm-hmm. he plays a dick yeah, really he well, can. man. Yeah. He can play a real dick. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, now, listen carefully to this. All right. <laughs> They're making a prequel, a prequel uh-huh. to The Sandlot. <laughs> are we, like, uh, so are we going to see him prior to moving to this new place? What is a How prequel? old is he? The uh, kids were like seven. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's dumb. Uh, Jeff Wadlow, who directed Truth or Dare, is bringing Fantasy Island to the screen. Yeah, I don't care. I got, there's a bunch of bad news here I, coming I up. Did, yeah. um, uh, Fantasy Island, sure. I, I you know, are you, do you now find another little person? Or does do you break free and do it completely different? I, do you make Mr. Rourke a woman? I don't know. I, it's it's all. All right. No. 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 This hey. is where you got the rolled up newspaper and you say bad dog and you no, say no. This is. Oh, okay. They're rebooting Elf. No. <laughs> Why? Yeah, don't understand that at all. At all. Know. Hey, get ready. Next week, we'll be talking about the new Punky Brewster. I know, right? <laughs> the really Punky Brewster. Um, this is badass. So, Topher Grace, he was in 70s show. Yeah. And he was in, in the, the Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man movie, yeah. So, he has this hobby. Um, it's, uh, he does it to relieve tension. Okay. And he goes in... To existing films, and listen to this, and recuts them. Uh-huh. So his latest project is, he took a movie that 462 minutes and 532 minutes extended, and cut it to two hours. Okay. That movie is the Hobbit trilogy. Oh wow! He's done Lord of the Rings. He's done the Matrixes. Like he takes three or four films like, and like just this, like a giant trilogy. Yeah, and turns it into a into a, a ninety-minute movie. Okay, just for no reason other, other than, than to relieve tension. Okay, I love that. Yeah, well, that's I want to see this. Peter so Jackson bad. should hire. <laughs> <laughs> he says he has no desire to become an editor. Right. He just does it to unwind. Fun. It's yeah. his knitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm so... I love that so much. That's cool. Um, 
<laughs> You're going to hate this. Warner, <laughs> Warner Brothers taps Jared Stern, who did the Lego movie. Yeah. He's writing an animated Super Pets movie. I oh, mean, dude, this is the crypto thing I've seen. Batman's dog. Right. <laughs> it's, no, it's just dumb. Yeah. Like, and what's the yellow? What's the the brown lumpy thing? What the hell was that? I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah, it's no. It's animated, so I'm kind of going. All right, no. But on the other hand, why Super Pets? Um, super pet for you right here. I want to see super rabies. Is what <laughs> I want uh, unseen Monty Python material uh, has been unearthed in Michael Palin's archives. Yeah, I saw that. That's that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, supposedly skits that were cut, whole scenes that right. just they just decided. Which I can do. imagine. There's probably a few because that's the kind of craziness that you just you try all kinds of shit and right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. what seemed funny right now wasn't funny later, so right. you cut it out. You know, right? Exactly. Craven uh, uh, the Hunter, based on the comic series, is happening. That's the dude with the uh, the, 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 the fur, the fur, uh, the fur vest, yeah, the f- and fur doublet, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay. Craven. Yeah, all right. Craven the Hunter. Um, Puppet Master and Castle Freak re- uh, reimaginings are a thing. They both star Barbara Crampton. Oh. And uh, uh, well, what? What's the new Puppet Master? Is uh, the littlest? The, the littlest Reich. Reich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I dearly love the Puppet Master movies. Um, if for no other reason than I saw a lot of David Allen stop motion. Yeah. It, I doubt if that's going to be happening in this new Puppet Master, but well, I mean it won't be his. Thomas he's, Le- he's Lemon dead, from Reno 911 is in it, and uh, there's a trailer out you can find. I saw the other day that uh, somebody is going to uh, make another killer Attack of the Killer Tomatoes movie. <laughs> I don't know if it's a. I have no idea if it's a reboot or if it's a, just adding to the wow. the canon. Yeah. Uh, okay. So remember, we reviewed the trailer for what was it, Mowgli, the yeah. Jungle Book the, movie, the the, the uh, Andy Serkis yeah. uh, directed live action. Andy Serkis has a is doing a project next for Netflix. You ready? Um, Andy Serkis's Animal Farm. That is that will be the shit. That that will shit. be the shit. Uh, uh, he's wanted to do that. Forever, yeah. And um, imagine that. every. I, I tell you what, every. I love the book. Yeah. I love the original cartoon. Uh-huh. I love the live action thing that was done many years later with the with the Jim Henson people. Uh-huh. I, I I I've not seen any Animal Farm related project that I haven't just fallen in love with because yeah. it's such a good story. Pink Floyd animals. Yeah, it's, yeah, dude, it's so good. Yeah, I'm I'm I saw that and I it was it's so exciting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Matt Reeves says that his the Batman is going to be a noir. And there's okay. no word is that on the new the new Batman? The, the Batman solo movie that they've been talking about. Uh huh. Yeah. It's going to be a noir. Is, is it in any way, shape, or form related to this new Joker movie? No. No. The okay. Joker thing is supposedly a standalone. Okay. And and this is something that I think will fold into canon. Is the is the Joker movie, so are, are, is it supposed to be like the origins of the Joker? We don't really know Nobody much. Nobody knows. Okay. Nobody really knows. Uh, Daredevil Season 3 gets a 2018 release. Okay. So that'll become... I didn't, I didn't hate that. It had a lot of fight scenes in it, so yeah. that was cool. Yep. <laughs> uh, Chris Rock got cast in Fargo. Oh, the, the TV show? The TV show. 
What is that? Like fish out of water thing? Mm, black yeah. guy comes to Minnesota or wherever? Well, I'm sure there are black people in Minnesota. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Are you that kind of maybe he's trying to make the jump to, you know, straight acting. Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, this is exciting. Game of Thrones director joins up with effects for a uh, telling of James Clavell's Shogun. Hmm. Mm. Now I liked Shogun. I did too. Um. I. I. The what's his name? Um. Richard Doctor Kildare. Yeah. 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 Doctor Kildare. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. You're so old. Yeah. <laughs> um. I liked it. Again, that came at that same period that like we were talking about Shogun Assassin. It was yeah. just like, oh. It's Asia, yeah. Well, it, clearly, I think, based on season two of Westworld, yeah. Japan is hot. Yeah. And well, Asia is hot. And when it, I, I remember being a kid and watching Shogun and that scene where they, like, they piss on him. Yeah. And I was just like, they're so fucking hardcore. That's so hardcore, <laughs> that's man. So <laughs> um, yeah, that's exciting. That's yeah. That, if for I, nothing else, it, it exposes that story to a whole, whole new generation. Absolutely, I'm not against this reboot. Um, I am against the fact that they're rebooting the Facts of Life. Oh God! <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Why? And then... Um, Who's going to play Trudy? Nah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, and then finally, uh, July, we had the most listeners. Ever. Yeah, we've had the most... Uh, uh, fucking awesome. You guys rock. Yeah. You Thank know. you for telling everybody. Yeah. Uh, if, and if you haven't told anyone, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, tell people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, our numbers are, are the highest they've ever been. Um, things are going. Things are happening. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, moving on to trailers. Just a not many this week. Good. I threw out a lot. <laughs> First one is a I'm going to call it a hillbilly killer on a low budget called Arctic. Yeah. Um. Uh. I, I, it looks perfectly serviceable for exactly what it is. It's it's a uh, it's a, a psychopath movie. Mm -hmm. This guy is clearly a nut. Yeah, it um, looks almost like this kid is somehow ha is trapped or is 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 there with this with guy. this killer guy, through their love of graffiti art, I guess. Yeah. And the, the this now this guy's like, wh who do you live with? Yeah. And then sort of sticks his nose in. I we're, think that we're becomes the problem. hoping that he's working on getting this kid out of this horrible situation. Right. Kid's already affected by it because he's been seeing this guy torture and kill yeah. people. And sooner or later, you know, they all run into the wall that is the hillbilly serial killer. Right, so, exactly. Yeah, this yeah. looked... Um, you're right. It looks perfectly serviceable. There's lots of, like, people getting hit in the head with hammers yeah. and blood splashing. And, yeah, you know, it's a horror film. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It's spelled oddly. It's A R T I K. I K. Yeah, yeah, I think that has something to do maybe with its origin. I Country don't know. of origin. Anyway. I don't know. Next up, a movie called uh, uh, with Hugo Weaving. I'm going to call it Colonial Vigilante is Hunted, called Black Forty Seven. I want to see this really bad. Yeah, this looks really good. Really good. Yeah, um, I was really excited. About, I, out of out of the trailers. This week, this is the one that I was really paying attention uh, to. Yeah, one of the three, I think, were really yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, it looks great. Looks kind of like um, uh, uh, The Witch, 
meets uh, some kind of police procedural, yeah, almost of a sort. Um, yeah, I'm in. It, it, it looks cool. Next up is a thing, I think it's on Netflix, based on a James Baldwin book. Um, the James Baldwin, the subject of the documentary, I'm Not Your Negro. Right. Directed by Barry Jenkins, who did Moonlight. It's called If Beale Street Could Talk. This looks fantastic. Yeah, this looks great. It looks, I mean, if you if you saw Moonlight, um, this is the same type of filmmaking. These... Um, Amazing character-driven scenes, mm-hmm. um, and this trailer is so good because it hinges on this girl about to tell her mother something, something, and you don't know because yeah. at the end it's something the, bad. Yeah, it's something like bad. I'm pregnant or this guy's dead or something. something. Yeah, yeah, but it's a, but it, I mean, it looks like it's essentially, um, largely a love story. Mm-hmm. Um, with this uh, young African American woman and an African American guy, and then, but then we see, you know, there's, it's a much bigger story right. than that, and there's a lot going on. Mm, it looks almost a little periody, periody, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I 70s, couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. Eighties, yeah. Yeah. Up next, uh, Michael Caine, Jim Broadbent, Charlie Cox in an old guy robbery movie called The King of Thieves. Uh, this reminds me of. Jason Statham's The Bank Job with old people. Yeah, it's like uh, this is a movie that we've seen a dozen uh, times. Yeah, a dozen times. It's got a great cast, though. It, they are all good actors, but you know, I mean, it's a it's a gag movie, mm-hmm. right? It's like it's like when you make um, the Expendables. Yeah, it's like you know, oh, it's so it's well, this it's, and this with old people. I think it's like. Uh, um, there was a movie recently with like Al Pacino, Christopher Walken, and another old guy. Yeah, they they go back uh, to be. T- we talked about it with Lyle. Lyle did the score to one. Um, yeah, yeah, we just talked about it. Anyway, yeah. all right, moving on. Uh, next up, Kristen Stewart and Chloe Sevigny in a movie called Lizzie. It's like a retelling of the Legend of Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden. Um, this looks good. It does look good. Yeah, this looks good. Um, I think what it's proposing is that Lizzie Borden had was having an affair with one of the chambermaids. Well, that's, that's and kind of established. The, 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 their, um, she had this, this best, best, best mm-hmm. friend. And um, when, you know, after she was acquitted, she went and... and Bought this house. It was called Ravencroft, and uh, uh, I think it was called Raisin, Ra- Ravencroft, something like that. And uh, and she and this lady lived there. Mm. Um, what I find interesting is that it's proposing the idea that that she or this other girl did commit the murders, mm-hmm. but as a as a defense against a. An abusive uh, a, a, parent. A sexually abusive parent. Jane, oh, yeah, fuck, his name is slipping my mind right now. James something. He was the boss on Criminal Intent for a long time. Um, he's in Babylon. He was the asshole dad in yes. Babylon Fields. Yeah. But he's always playing really nice guys, but he has this ability to play real bastards. Yeah. And this looks like that. Yeah. I'm all over this. Yeah. Who this knew? I didn't know I wanted this. Yeah. And I wanted No, this is this looks great. Um do you remember the first Lizzie Borden movie you saw Lizzie with uh, Montgomery? Montgomery, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I remember watching it on TV, and the fact that she got naked to go yeah. do the murders, yeah. and then there was that scene of her washing the blood off, yeah. that was very special for young yeah, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this looks have, great. Have you read the um, the Sherry Priest, Lizzie Borden books? No. Oh, dude, they're, they're, they're well, there's great. Well, a, there's a Lifetime series of uh, about Lizzie Borden that Christina Ricci did. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, up next, this is also Netflix. Sinead Latham, um, a movie called Napoli Ever After. It's about a, a successful black woman who, uh, through a thing with her boyfriend, it's a lot of that midlife crisis stuff. Right. But her her life, she has built herself into this. She's kind of she kind of has a perfect life. Yeah, everything's perfect about yes. her. Mostly and, her hair. And then things start to fall apart. Well, yeah. it's... Yeah, her hair is it's a metaphor for the rest of her life. For the rest of her life. Yeah. And so, because something about this boyfriend and they break up or something, one night from the trailer you get the impression she gets drunk and shaves her head. Yeah. And it's about what, hap- what, what happens to a black woman... In the workplace, with when when you've shaved shaved your head right. and changed your when your she, appearance, when so she no radically. longer is making her hair look like a white woman's hair, yeah, 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 like straightening it and doing yeah. all these things to it, yeah, and um, it this looks fantastic, timely as fuck, yes, absolutely. And um, my uh, a girl I I work with and uh, Veronica, I love Veronica. She just took all of her hair off and, and for locks of love, yeah, and it's it's tight. High and tight, man. Yeah, yeah. It looks awesome. Yeah. She dyed it all. She's Hispanic, and she dyed it all um, blonde, and she looks great. Yeah. Looks great. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in on this. This looks, this looks fantastic. And then finally, um, the Tom Hardy CG Fest Venom. Mm. Uh, so this, okay, so the, the very, very first trailer that we got for Venom was this little tiny teaser thing that didn't show us anything. It just showed us a lot of Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Then we got the, the, the one where we actually see Venom and we were all kind of underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, that doesn't that CGI doesn't look very good. You know? Right. Um, this is, seems like more of that. Uh-huh. However, I do like the horror aspect where uh, apparently um, Venom is eating people. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah! Oh, yeah. yeah! Yeah, and that's and the cool. idea they—they're playing with the idea of that. Um, what is what is the 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 human character giving up? Right. And the slippery slope of of well, morality and, and the, the all tragedy that stuff. of it is that he has no choice. Right. Like, Once he's infected, yeah. he's infected. U- ultimately, he, yeah. he even though he's like trying to exert some type of controls, like look, we don't just hurt people. Uh-huh. And Venom's like, we can do whatever the fuck yeah. we want. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, the idea, it's interesting, the collision of, of mor- morality and immorality. Yeah. And, and, and this is a, there is a shot at the end where I think it's Venom fighting Rampage. Carnage. Car- yeah. Was it, wait, was Carnage in Yeah, there? supposedly. I supposedly with their Woody, they're saying. I want to see Carnage. They're not saying much, but they're, they're talking about Woody Harrelson as Carnage. There is, there if I remember correctly, and Marvel people are going to hate me, but aren't there like six symbiotes yeah. all together? And um, you're way ahead of well, me that, now. Okay, well, so so the um, the scientist guy that yeah. has people trapped and he's infecting them. 
I think he becomes this character, and I think his name is Rampage. You see the shot where the thing's got, like, big swords for arms? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. that's the big bad guy in this movie. I think. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I, There's a cool I guess. shot at the end where we've got all those little bits of stuff flying off these things as uh, they're, like... They're fighting it. or yeah. whatever. It looks like... It almost looks like an exploded schematic yeah. of what's happening. But all that crap with, like, the... the the weird tentacles shooting out and driving people on the walls and stuff. Yeah. That just looks stupid. Yeah, I, it's yeah, all not into it. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I wish. I, I wish I could care more. Yeah. I, but I can't. At, you know, somebody made a, a good point the other day. Tom, I've never seen a bad Tom Hardy movie. Mm-hmm. He's always good. So mm. if nothing else, he should be good. At it. And there must have been some reason that he was drawn to it because he could have. He could have held out for. There's talk of him as the new Wolverine, and yeah, well, he could have held out for something for a hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what have you been watching? Anything? Um, <laughs> I've been watching Shogun Assassin. Nice. Um, largely, that's pretty much it. Um, uh, you know, we we said this off air earlier, but um, and and you alluded to it on air, but Shogun Assassin is such comfort food. It's a warm blanket mm-hmm. that, that you can wrap yourself in. It sounds odd to say that about a movie where people's heads are flying off and blood's flying everywhere, but I'm telling you, if you haven't seen this movie, you will fall in love with it, and yeah, it, will, it will become one of your go-tos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you made it this far on the show, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that yeah. in this episode, but over the arc, I mean, yeah. you know, it's right up your alley. Uh, me, I haven't seen anything. I'll be honest, I haven't well, seen it's, anything. It's, you know... I have a bunch of stuff on queue. I watched uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, and that's a nice little sure. empty and it's, thing. It, well, and it's also short short jabs. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you, yeah, you're, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. you're not having to strap in. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got a couple things lined up that we're going we're gonna to get to. Uh, what are you reading? Um, I'm going back and I'm reading all my Brom books. Nice. Yeah. Um, I Krampus, why. Krampus, um, The Child Thief, Plucker. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, good stuff. I don't know. There might be a reason why. There might be a reason. <laughs> uh, I'm still reading the Andrew Box book, Strega. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, is it still I'm, as fucked up as it was? It's just... At this point, it's becoming so much more of the same that I'm kind of going, well, you know, do I want to do this? Or... Um, uh, somebody gifted me with a Don Pendleton Mark Bolin book. Yeah, they I really did. want to get to. <laughs> so you know, I'm kind of weighing that out. I don't like to tap out on books, but you know, whatever. And then uh, music. What are you listening to? All right, so check it out. So there's a band called Deck of Jack, um, and they just came out with a song that's dedicated to the Figure Four leg lock. <laughs> it's called Figure Four. Uh, yeah, it's only it's only like a minute something long, and uh, it's amazing. And if you're a fan of pro wrestling, I'm not, but if you are, you will love this song. So look it up on YouTube, Deck of Jack Figure Four. Um, I suggest we use it on the show one of these days because yeah. it's a short, stiff jab. And so I've been checking that out. And then um, uh, these are some guys that have been around for a while, not a long while. Um, I think they have two albums out now. Um, Nathaniel Radcliffe and the Night Sweats. Yeah, um, great, it, it, great name. Great name, great band. Um, 
uh, hard to describe. Um, it's kind of American roots music. It's upbeat. It's got a horn section. It's um, so it's got kind of that new folk feel, but it also has kind of a, a fun jazz thing. Uh, I had seen them around the last year or two. But Jennifer just discovered them, and she's like, oh my god, who are these guys? Well, I'm like, who are these guys? And then that made me start listening to a lot more, and yeah, they're, they're fantastic. If you haven't checked them out, Nathaniel Rat Ratliff and the Night Sweats. I want to say, I've heard this. I'm, I, they had a, a song, that, they had a couple songs that were on the radio that, like, hmm. you know, on well, hmm. certain stations. All those names, like... Reminds you of things like Jason and the Scorchers, it, 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 Tex and the Horseheads. Uh, it kind of reminded me of, of a much better version of um, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Remember those guys? No, no, I, I love that. <laughs> I'm writing it down as we speak. Um, and then this is something I've been listening to, but this is something I wish I had seen. So, the Smashing Pumpkins are celebrating their 30-year anniversary without Darcy, the bass player. Mm -hmm. But everybody else is there. And uh, so they went and they played a show in New Jersey, of all places. Uh, and they had a bunch of special guests. Courtney Love, which makes sense because she and sure. Billy Corgan had an on-and-off thing for years. Um, Chino, uh, what's his name? The, the guy from uh, the Deftones. Um... No, not the... Anyway, a bunch of these guys from, from the... Oh, Peter Hook from um, Joy Division and uh, uh, New Order. Hmm. A, a whole bunch of special guests, right? And so I was listening to somebody who went to the show, and they were describing how, like, the first... It was like a three-hour-plus show. And the first 90 minutes, they said it was very dour and was, you know... Corgan was in this, like, crazy... Uh, goth wrestler garb, because he, he's really big in the professional wrestling world, by the way. Billy Corgan is weird. Um, and and they, they said it wasn't... It was cool because fans of, the, fans of the band really liked these deep cuts that they were playing, but they said it wasn't fun. And then they brought out a guest, and it turned into a party. And they said from then on, everybody was smiling and having a great time. Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray really? comes out. Smashing Pumpkins plays Fly. Which you remember Fly? Yeah. I just want to fly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Billy Corgan singing backup to Mark McGrath. <laughs> Dude, I wish I had seen this. It's wow. so freaking weird. It's like that Prince thing at the Grammys, right? Yeah, right. Like, what the fuck is going yeah. on here? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, that that just seemed really cool, and I wish I had seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, all right, let's see. Dive, keep in my Ed Moda deep, deep Ed Moda sort of dive. I'm uh -huh. I chapter of there's three records: Perpetual Gateways, AOR, and Chapter Nine. I have no idea why I've never heard of this guy, but he's every record is fucking really really good. Uh, kind of. Um, Jazzy fusion Brazilian stuff. Uh, Harry Gregson Williams Equalizer Two soundtrack. Uh -huh. It's orchestral and it's good. Um, Amin Buhafa's score to Secret of the Nile also orchestral. I'm gonna get to the good stuff in a second here. 
the internet hive mind um, fun jazz fusion band Peter Gundry the album's called Goetia it's G-O-E-T-I-A one of the most beautiful records I've heard in a really long time cool. it's got this sort of spooky vibe to it I don't want to lean into like Enigma but it's kind of close um, I listened to an old Bloodwind Pig record from Britain called uh, A Head Rings Out and Getting to This deep like blue cheer kind of okay. blues rock cool and then finally uh Mike Payton from Faith No More yeah did the score to something called 1922 I guess it's on Netflix oh wait is that the Thomas Jane thing uh no, I, I was thinking. So I think I, I was thinking of something called 1918 or something like that. About mm. This guy in a boat. This guy in the. Yeah, no, this, this, this is new. This, this is something rural. It's happened like Appalachia ah. kind of thing. And the music, it's really, um, it borders on noise. It doesn't really have a two and a four to mm-hmm. it. There's no musicality to it. So I'm imagining. It coupled with the imagery works. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't, didn't care for it. I really like what Mike Mike Payton's, for example, his Mondocani. Well, something like that, I think, isn't. You know, some things are not meant to be listened to. Right. Some things are part of the. Right. And my argument movie. would be, I agree with that. But then, my, then why are you? Why is this being released as a film score? Right. Exactly. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. And then the last but not least. Whereas Shogun Assassin soundtrack <laughs> should definitely <laughs> be released. Yeah. Um, and then finally, there's a brand new Mersbau, which is pure noise. And you're either a Mersbau fan or you're not. Ninety nine point nine percent of you are not. I used to listen to this station back home and it was a community radio station uh-huh. and late like at 2 o'clock in the morning or something the show would come on it's called It's Too Damn Early and this guy Dave was the guy who did it and it was all just two, it was two hours of noise yeah of noise that's what this is I, I'm putting up sarcastic air quotes music and hey, you'd be hard pressed with Mersbau if you're if you were listening to it on the radio and it drifted off station yeah. you'd be hard pressed to tell yeah, right. It's just clicks and buzzes and noises yeah. and that kind of thing. I I met the the dude who curated that show, who hosted that show uh-huh. at a at a gathering one time, and I'm like, he's like, uh, you know, hey, I'm I'm Dave. Uh, I go, oh, too damn early. He's <laughs> like, yeah, do you like it? I'm like, fuck no. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, on. That's very cool. Uh, and I think that's it. There was a soundtrack to something called The Scent of Rain and Lightning, but it, it turned... I it had a lot, a lot of high hopes. Do you like Katara? Uh, I, I do, but I think that if you own a Guitaro album... You've heard good. all of them. Well, I'm, there's a buy, few... Buy Silk Road and call it a Oh, dude. Yeah. Kojiki. Yeah, Kojiki. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. That, that, yeah. There's a drum... I used to use it for de- martial arts demos all the time. Stuff's falling off my head. Um, also, um, if you ever get a chance, listen to the soundtrack for um, the Tommy Lee Jones movie, Heaven and Earth. Yo, yeah, 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 that yeah. That thing's made. That that's I have awesome. heard that. I have yeah. heard that. That is great. Well, right on. Um, yeah, Shogun Assassin. Shogun Good. Assassin. Got that man. done. Uh, next week, we're hopeful. Got a guest that is pretty fucking special. He's a, sh- a writer, Brian Hodge. And if something goes falls apart, then he won't be here. 
<laughs> like our guest today. Uh, well, also but he's we'll, on. He's scheduled. We'll also have a third uh, uh, voice in the room. Uh, right, uh, returning guest Lorelai Shannon. Yep, will be in town, so we she's going to come over and hang out and, and help us talk to Brian. Hodge. The three of us will talk to Brian Hodge. Yeah. Um, if not, then the three of us will just talk and have a have a good time. Absolutely. Um, thanks again for listening and for uh, spreading the word. Please continue to do so. And if you haven't, um, go check out the Patreon. And you can go to the Patreon page. Uh, become a Patreon if you can. At the very least, though, please come in and like our Facebook pages, and that's how you get all the inside scoop besides yeah. the Patreon stuff. So, we're good. I'm off to my daughter-in-law's birthday. I thought that was tomorrow. No, it's today. That's today? Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, for the bonus material podcast, I'm going to get some... <laughs> I'm going to go get a... Tofu Muffaletta. <laughs> uh, this is the uh, for the Bus Cheer Podcast. I'm Tom Carno. And I'm Langley West. Stay scary.